Hello, my friends, kingdom builders and kingdom connectors, and everyone who is about the Father's business. Welcome to another edition of the Living Word Mind of Conception podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast so that we can stay connected, continue to communicate, and to contribute to one another's life. So let's begin our journey right now. In order to walk uh, successfully and victoriously as a believer uh, in this life. Uh, And that's one thing that God is always doing. Uh, He's working both the will and to do of his good pleasure in us, bringing about the crucifixion of our flesh. When I say flesh, I'm not talking about necessarily our physical body, but of the human nature, right? The nature of the, of man, the natural nature, uh, that nature that is uh, uh, from the Adamic nature. In other words, the nature that we got from Adam as the father of the, of the human race, once Adam uh, disobeyed God's commandments, then that same nature passed down on all of his children. Okay, because if you understand what I'm talking about, the reality of of the very first uh, family, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, and we're going to get into the lesson tonight, but I want to just go flow from right here. When God created the heaven and the earth, God created the earth to be inhabited by humanity. Okay. And here's something of just a revelation for you that you can chew on and think about and consider. And this is another way for us to get out of this whole arena of where we're worried about so many things. Do you know when God created the earth and he made man in his image and in his likeness, it was in the idea of God that the man that he created was supposed to fill the earth, have dominion over it, and subdue it. Now, here's a revelation that I want you to consider and think about and meditate on because it's going to really kind of help you get out of this whole thing of worry. So when God created the earth, he created the earth to be inhabited. And he created mankind in his image and in his likeness. And the original intent of creation was the man that he created to be on the earth was supposed to live forever. This is going to mess you up when you think about it. It was never God's intent that man would die. But again, when sin came in, death came in, right? Death simply before, not just the sensation of life or the cessation of life, but the separation from God. So once they, and many of you that have read your Bible you and, and you've heard teaching or whatever before, remember after they had sinned, God said, we got to drive them out of the garden unless they put forth their hand now and take from the tree of life and live forever. So the original state that that mankind was created in, they were created to live forever. But when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin came in And that's when God said, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. So all I'm saying is that God's plan was always for us to live successfully and victoriously 
and to live in an area of dominion, uh, live in an area at, of rulership underneath him, right? Not that we can rule without God, but that he would be over us and he would rule the heavens and he would give the earth to be ruled by man. But you know, we messed that up. So God had to work a plan where, uh, uh, be, where that Jesus would have to come in the likeness of sinful flesh. Uh, see, I'm starting to, these things start to flow through. We're trying not to get too deep here. But uh, so, so because man, Adam, brought forth death, man, Jesus Christ, had to bring forth the resurrection from the dead, right? So no one in Adam's lineage had the uh, wherewithal or the uh, qualification to bring forth the resurrection. So the word had to become a man. God became a man and we say Jesus Christ, right? The word became flesh. So through man comes death, but through the God-man, right, comes life, comes the resurrection from the dead. Did y'all catch that? So the reality for you and I, we are caught in between many times Adam's nature and God's nature, right? We're caught in between the nature of Adam and we're caught in between the nature of Christ. Even as a believer, so what you and I must continue to do is allow the Adamic nature, that nature of the flesh, to continue to be crucified so that the nature of Christ can rise within us. Did y'all catch that? So watch this, because here is where our difficulty comes in. Even once you are a born-again child of God, right, God has to work through you, right? He works in us, and then he works through us. But God is not going to, watch this, here's a powerful thing that many people don't realize. God is not going to force anybody to do his will. If you don't choose him, he is not going to force you to do it. One thing that God has given to all humanity that is such a privilege and also scary is the power of choice. We can choose whether to obey or whether not to obey. And God's not going to take that choice from us. But what we cannot choose is the consequences of our choice, right? Once we choose, then the consequences of our choice are not up to us, right? So, so in, in Adam, all died, but in Christ, all are made alive. So I don't know if I have a person that can uh, put the scriptures up there tonight, but I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I want to follow along this line because I'm talking about the work that God is doing, right? So God is working in us, each one of us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's changing us and transforming us. Uh, he's, he's, he's making us into his image, right? And into his likeness. He's recreating in us a new heart. He's putting within us a new spirit, right? Again, I think somebody said earlier, born again, born anew, glory to God, born afresh. So why do we have to be born again? Well, we all have to be born again uh, because of Adam. 
Adam being the, again, figurehead of the human race caused our lineage to be separated from God, right? So now, and only way we can get back to God is we have to walk over the bridge, if you will. I'm, I'm going a little bit slow, but I want you to get this tonight. The bridge of Jesus Christ. See, watch this. See, even when we're, we're ministering to people and we're talking to people, many times we're telling them, you know, you need to stop your sinning and all of that, right? Uh, and we tell them, you know, you need to stop drinking, stop smoking, all of those things that we call sin. But the reality is that Adam didn't do any of that. He didn't drink. He didn't smoke. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He, he, I'm just, I'm trying to understand what I mean. Just follow me here. He, he, Adam didn't commit fornication. He, he didn't have, he didn't, he didn't do adultery. He didn't do none of the stuff that we call sin. But what did he do? He disobeyed the commandment of God. And when he disobeyed the commandment of God, he got separated from God. So now Jesus has to come. And give us the opportunity to get back to the creator. So he, he uh, again, watch this. So now watch this here. Glory to God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 chapter. And that's just for the sake of time. Start here at verse number 45. Now I want you to go back and read uh, that whole chapter when you have time. Because it's going to help you get continuity of scripture. But, you know, for the sake of the time that we have here in this moment, notice what he says here. As it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. And then he says what? Are you with me? The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. All right, one more time. As, at, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. But the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, who's he talking about here? Notice he calls the first man Adam, but then he calls the last Adam. Not the second Adam, but the last Adam, right? Because Adam had no father, no mother. God created him in his image and in his likeness. And now he calls Jesus the last Adam. The first Adam was a living soul. But the last Adam was a life-giving spirit, all right? But howbeit that was not first which was spiritual, but that which was natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. Are you still with me? The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man, this now when he says second man, is the Lord from heaven. Now watch this. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Come on. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. All right? So one more verse. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now, what am I talking about? I'm not just talking about when we go over into glory. But as we are all born with an Adamic nature or a nature from Adam, the only way to live acceptable to God is we have to get a new nature. And that new nature is found in Christ. 
But the only way that nature in Christ can really flourish in us is through the, again, if you will, the crucifying of our carnal nature, right? Our, our human uh, desires, uh, uh, trusting in our own intellect and in our own ability, right? Uh, trusting in our uh, mental capacity to, in order to excel and succeed in life. Well, folks, that's not the way God wants it to happen. God wants us to learn how to, and many of you know this, trust in the Lord, come on, with all our heart and do what? Lean not to our own understanding. Now, we quote that scripture in Proverbs all the time. People quote it all the time. But how often do we not do that and we actually try to lean to our own intellect and our own understanding of how to succeed or to have success in life. It's not going to happen, folks. So my greatest job as a believer is allowing the Holy Spirit to put my human nature or my carnal nature to death. Now, that doesn't sound, uh, you know, that doesn't sound very fun to many of us because, you know, uh, we want to live life to the fullest, right? That's our mind, our mentality. Like, it's like, you know, I'm trying to just enjoy life. But I've come to realize, folks, the greatest life to enjoy is a life that is crucified with Christ. Because when you and I are crucified with Christ, then he lives his life through us. And once that life of Christ is living through us, that is a life of success. That is a life of victory. Glory to God. That's a life of power. That's a life of blessing because Christ is now living in you, right? The hope of glory. So we're right here in Corinthians, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians. Go with me to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 4. Very familiar passage of scripture. Many of you have heard this. You've probably preached it to other folks and, you know, and encouraged them and whatever have you. But I want you to see this as what he says here at verse number, uh, uh, glory to God, 5. And then we're going to just read down, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Come on now. Let's get ready to get good here. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Lord, have mercy. We are troubled, somebody, this, I think somebody mentioned this earlier. We are troubled, come on, on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Come on, persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now, now here's where it gets deep here. Look at this now, this is good stuff. Verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, 
that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. So I was saying earlier, this is one of the verses, but it's all through the scripture to understand. So as we are crucified with him, in weakness, we are also raised with him in power. Glory to God. So when I am weak, <laughs> glory to God, then am I strong. See, this is where many people miss, miss it and mess up. Because even as they see people walking in victory, you know, they'll say, oh, man, you, you, you know, you, you're really strong, right? Or, or, or you know, you, you, ha you have a lot of faith or whatever they say, you know. But the reality is, the understanding of it is, when you get to a point where you can lean on the Lord, trust in him with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. You're not depending on your own strength one iota. I think I said it might have been on this call last week. And I know people have said, you know, uh, God, don't move my mountain, but give me strength to climb. See, when, when we sing songs like that, I, I get it. Now, I'm not picking to make it fun. But when we sing songs like that, it's still our human effort. We still doing the climbing. Come on. But God never told me to climb the mountain. There's nowhere in scripture he tell you to climb the mountain. He tell you to speak to the mountain. Because when you speak to the mountain, you have to depend on him to move the mountain. I have to believe my job and your job, hallelujah, I don't want to get too excited here, is to believe that God will do his job. When God tells you to speak to something, he don't tell you to hit it with a rod, right? Just like real quickly, I'm not going to turn there, but that's what got Moses in trouble when God told him to speak to the rock to bring water out of the rock, Moses lifts up the rod and he strikes the rock. God didn't tell him to strike the rock. He told him to speak to the rock. You understand what I'm saying? Say, it's not about our human strength. It's not about our intellect and our ability. It, again, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by, hallelujah, the spirit of the Lord. And when we get that, it's going to help us, amen, and realize that God intends for you to have victory, and he always causes you to triumph, but the main way you and I are going to triumph is by just obeying whatever he says and doing whatever we need to do the way he told us to do it. Glory to God, right? So I have to get the instructions from the Lord, okay? So... Glory to God. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 now, verse 10 again, always bearing about in the body the death of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Here it is, verse 11. For we which live, are y'all reading along with me here? For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So unless the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it's just natural. It, or it's not going to produce the fruit that God intended it to produce. Folks, I, I'm saying something real powerful here. And I almost feel like preaching here a little bit, but watch this. Here's what I'm saying. This is what people do. People, And, and I, I, my heart goes out to many people because I, I get it. I, I truly get it. Man, we're trying to change. We're trying to change things in our lives. 
We're trying to change circumstances. We're trying to change our condition. We're trying to change situation. But the problem is we're still trying to do it in our own strength and in our own way. Folks, you, you and I can't do it that way. You have to get God's instructions and just obey what God is saying. Because once you obey what God is saying, then his power comes in and takes over. Glory to God, right? That's why he says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. All right, watch what he says here. So verse 12, so then death worketh in us, but life in you, having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. What am I saying? I'm saying this, that the way God is going to work in us and work through us, he's going to put his word in our heart and then he's going to tell us to speak it out. They asked Jesus, the Pharisees did, they said, what must we do to work the works of God? Jesus answered them and said this, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom the Father has sent. <laughs> Glory to God. See, that, that, that messes some people up. Why? Because we feel like if we're not doing, how can help me to say this right way, Holy Ghost? You know, we, we, we want we want we want to get some kind of accolade, you know, just just a general statement. But we want to say, you know, I prayed for six hours straight. And surely God's going to move. Well, you can pray for six hours straight. But if you don't put faith in God, you just prayed for six hours. That's a wonderful thing. But if you don't put your faith in God and God's ability, your six hour of praying just was a good exercise of discipline. But you can pray for six minutes. Glory to God. And release faith in God, and God can do more with a prayer that was only six minutes long, that was full of faith, than somebody that just sat there all day praying religiously for six hours. I'm saying something to somebody. Glory to God. Because faith makes prayer work. Prayer does not just work because you're praying, it's because you believe, right? Glory to God. Whatever you ask for believing, you shall receive. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. All right. Calm down, preacher. Okay, so now, what am I saying? I'm saying that you and I have to allow the flesh, the carnal nature, the human nature, uh, us trying to accomplish it without obeying God or without being led by God. I, I got to get that out of my spirit, right? All right, so what, what am I supposed to do? Go with me to the book of Colossians, chapter number three, real quickly, real quickly. The book of Colossians, chapter number three. What am I supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to seek those things which are above. Why? Because I have been risen with Christ, right? I'm supposed to set my heart, set my affection on things above. Why? Okay, let's look at it. I wanna, I'm going to get there, I want to look at it. I mean, I can quote it, but let's, let's look at it here. Watch what he says. Colossians chapter number three and verse starting at verse number one. If you then be risen with Christ. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I hadn't been crucified with him, I can't be risen with him. <laughs> but if I've been, if I'm risen with him, that means that I've been crucified with him. If you then be crucified, uh, excuse me, if you then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. 
Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Boy, there's a, uh, there's a lot of Christians that need to read that verse right there. See, 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 when, when I think, I think it was Abinella that said earlier, you know, we, we were, we were buried with him in baptism. We were crucified with him and we're raised with him by the operation of God. See, as long as I'm still alive, what do I mean by that? As long as my natural inclinations and human desires for my own will and my own way and everything being the way I like it is still alive, then Christ's life can't flourish in me the way he desires it to flourish in me, right? As long, and listen, this doesn't matter who we are, folks. I don't care if you've been if you've been preaching to millions, all of that. You still got to get to a place where you are crucified with him. You can't ever get to a point where you real you think that you don't have to submit yourself to his way of doing things, his working in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Right? You never want to get to that point where you think that you have arrived. Mm -mm. No, you have not. None of us have arrived, right? We are still, again, allowing the flesh to be crucified. How is that flesh going to be crucified? It's going to be crucified by the operation of the Spirit of God within us. So it is God that works in us, right? God's doing the work. In other words, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We don't get to pick and choose. <laughs> Come on now, what we want to do and what we don't want to do. See, this is where some folks mess up at because they try to pick and choose. Well, I'll do that, but I don't want to do that. I'll do this, Lord, but I'm not going to do that over there. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll witness, Lord, but but I'm, I'm not going to pray or whatever. I'm just using some stuff. You know, I, I'll do this, Lord, but I'm not going to give or whatever the case is. See, you, you and I don't get to pick and choose. And sadly, amen. Praise God, you're right. And sadly, too many Christians are trying to take the word of God like it's a buffet. You know what I mean? Uh, we was in Kalina, we went to the buffet. And so, you know, they, they look at the word of God like it's a buffet. You know, uh, you know they see they, want, they, they don't want the Brussels spots, but they'll go over there and get the chocolate cake, right? You know, they'll skip over the part that they don't really like and go right to the part that they do like. Folks, when it comes to the word of God, you and I don't have, we, we can't skip over the stuff we don't like. So uh, uh, dying to the flesh, Marcella, that's right. Dying to the flesh is part of the commandment. Y'all know this. You heard this. Again, what did he say? He said, if any man will come after me, what's the first thing he's supposed to do? Deny himself. Lord have mercy. Well, I, I, I think I might have just said a swear word. Deny himself and do what? Take up his cross and follow the Lord. Boy, boy, boy. Now, that's, not, that's not just for preachers to preach that to other people and then them themselves are not denying themselves. You see what I'm saying? See, that's what happens. See, all right, now, let me get off of that. But uh, uh, glory to God. What am I saying here? I'm saying seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Why? So well, how's this going to work? Let's get real practical here. How am I going to 
live a crucified life. Well, I'm going to show you this. Go to the book of Galatians. Glory to God. And we'll, we'll begin to head towards home right here. The book of Galatians, <laughs> chapter number five. Lord, have mercy. I pray that you're getting something out of this tonight. Uh, again, it's not always uh, jumping and shouting, but again, it's getting fed the word of God, right? Because man shall not live, come on, by bread alone, but what? But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, right? So uh, again, the Holy Spirit and the word of God, they agree. So the Holy Spirit's not going to tell you something that's not in the word, and he's not going to tell you something that's contrary to the word, right? So now watch this. Galatians chapter number five, and we're going to start here at verse 16. We're going to read on down. I may read some of this. I don't know how much I'm going to read, but I want you to see something here, right? Galatians 5 and 16. I said, as God, my salvation, your salvation, our success as believers, as kingdom builders, right? People that God can use to do his work in the last days is going to be dependent on God working in us, not us doing the work, but the work being done by the power of God, right? The work being done by the anointing, the work being done by, not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. That's how it's going to be done. So notice what, what he said. Now, the first thing that you and I, all of us, have to get victory over is our own carnal nature. Folks, don't fool yourself. Just because you've been born again, don't think your flesh don't have a mind of its own because it does. It does not want to obey God. I'm talking about that human natural nature that's not influenced by the spirit of God. It, your mind don't want God in it, right? The human mind wants to do its own thing. But that's why God says you must be born again and thank God he puts his spirit within us so that we can now obey his word. Because without that, folks, we're not going to do it. Bottom line, without God's spirit working in us, we're not going to obey. So watch what he says. He says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, let's pause here right here. So he's telling us right here, if I walk in the spirit, then I won't fulfill the dictates, the cravings, the desires of my flesh. That tells me by deductive reasoning that if I don't walk in the spirit, then the cravings, the dictates, the lust of my flesh are going to defeat me. So now he goes to the next verse and breaks it down even further. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one toward another. So I want to, I want to bring this to you. Amen. Praise God here out of the New Living Translation, just to give you a different a level of clarity, because I know many times we read King James and sometimes uh, the language of the King James Bible is, you know, old English language and people don't really talk like that much. But so it's good to have a different uh, a modern translation. 
so you can uh, begin to see it in a different light. But notice what he says. He says the, uh, uh, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. What is he saying? I mean, what is he really, what he, what is he really saying? Watch this here. Glory to God. He's, he's saying this right here. He's saying again, uh, the spirit, the sinful nature wants to do evil. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, I, I mean, let's just break it down. I mean, let's, let's get plain with it. The sinful nature or that human nature, that carnal nature that is not influenced by God wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Are y'all listening to me? This is going to help you. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Let's break it down here. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Glory to God, man. I mean, he's just breaking it down. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. What is he saying? Again, your flesh is trying to fight the spirit. But I love it because the spirit is in opposition of your flesh. It is a war going on on the inside of you. Come on now. I'm not talking about the war in the Ukraine or the war in uh, Taiwan and Japan or whatever, but I'm talking about the war that goes on daily in your members. Your flesh warring against the spirit and the spirit opposing or warring against your flesh. Now, your soul, if you will, your mind is in the middle. So whatever you side with and whatever you choose with, is who's going to get the victory. If you side with your flesh and it, your flesh tell you to eat that little Debbie snack, <laughs> you know, y'all pray for me. You know, your flesh tell you to eat, amen, all of that, them sweets and, you know, stuff that we like to put in our body that we say is good, but really is killing us. But so if you side with that, then again, you are going to be in that captivity of whatever the flesh wants. But if by the spirit, you tell your flesh, shut up, I'm not going to just do what tastes good or whatever. I'm just using that as an example, but I'm going to do what is good. Glory to God. Say amen, somebody. Uh, or let's just put it like this. I'm not just going to do what feels good. I'm going to do what, it, what is right in the eyes of God. I know that they they, they cut you off in traffic. And uh, they, 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 they came at you with a nasty attitude and, 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 and gave you a piece of their mind. And your flesh say, let them know where you're from. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, let them know that you saved now, but you know, come on, you know, you know, you know, you know you're from the hood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, don't, your flesh say, let them, don't, don't, don't take that. Don't take that. Mm -mm. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know right now. Now, you have a choice. You can side with your flesh or you can be like the word of God says, a soft answer turns away wrath, right? Or where the word of God says, again, that uh, a word rightly spoken is like apples of silver and pictures of gold, right? Whatever, you know, are you going to side with the spirit 
or are you going to side with your flesh? Glory to God. Now you got to get, you got to get this because they are at war, folks. But watch this. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. Glory to God. I felt that right there. Not only is your flesh opposing the spirit, but the Holy Spirit is opposing your flesh. That's why you can't be happy, right, folks? Listen, if you are really born of, the, of God, you'll never truly be happy or satisfied until you are submitted to his will because that spirit is not going to let your flesh win. You might choose the flesh, and that spirit is convicting. I mean, he, he he's dealing with you. He's you you know he he's he's you know that thing is gnawing at you. You know what I'm saying? That's why some of you have been through that. You said something, or you spoke some kind of way, or had an attitude with somebody, and and you walked away, and that Holy Spirit said, "You know you wasn't right. You know that ain't how I want you to be. You know that's not who you are." And you can't hardly you can't hardly rest until you get that thing right. I'm telling you, that's because the Spirit, glory to God, is opposing the flesh. So what do I have to do? I have to choose the things of the Spirit. And whenever I do that, all I do is choose, right? God goes to work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we're going to wrap that up here out of Philippians chapter 2. That's where I want to go tonight. Again, uh, Philippians chapter number two, uh, and we'll read out the King James, but I'm going to look at a, another version as well uh, so that you can get a good clarity, another dimension, another uh, a, a diff different depth of that very verse. Because God's working, folks. We are his workmanship. But folks, God will not force you. Man, you got to hear that. Because many times God is saying, do this or whatever. Let, let me just make a plan. God, will, he's instructing you what to do. But he won't make you do it, people of God. He'll tell you what to do. He'll give you wisdom and counsel, whatever. But he won't make you or force you to do it. He'll say, choose ye this day, right? Choose blessing. And, and, and you know, don't, I set before you life and death. I set before you blessing and cursing, right? Therefore, choose life. He's telling you, hey, here, here's the blessing and life, and here's the curse and death. But I'm telling you, choose life. But he won't choose for you. You have to choose. And when you choose, that means death to the flesh. Come on now. I mean, when I say flesh, I'm talking about that carnal nature, that Adamic nature, right? The nature that wants its own way instead of God's way. And that's all really in simplicity. I'm just trying to make it as simple as I can. Uh, for the sake of teaching, that it wants our own way. Not what the Lord wants or what the Lord likes. That sinful nature is like, well, what do I like? <laughs> what do I want? You know, I ain't worried about God here. That sinful nature, like, I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about me, right? I'm talking about my needs, right? I'm not thinking about what God wants or needs. I'm only thinking about me. And that's what that sinful nature is all about, okay? Are you with me here? All right, Philippians 2. We're almost done tonight. Glory to God. That was over, that's 40 minutes that quick. Just like that, that was fast. Uh, Philippians chapter number two and verses 12 and 13, King James first, and then we'll read it in another translation. He says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in your in my presence, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't stop reading there. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Did you see that? So our salvation is God working in us, not us working ourselves to God, but God working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? So that's where uh, you and I have to get to a point of where we are submitted to what God wants to do in us. Let God work in us. Let God work through us. And, and that's where uh, you and I will walk in the greatest victory uh, in our life as we let the let that work work in us, right? So watch what he says here. Let's, let's compare this here, a couple verses here. So notice what he says. And again, uh, I believe it's the uh, NLT is a good version here. And then we'll look at, uh, see what God is saying here. Verse 12 and 13, and out of the New Living Translation. As y'all can tell, I like that version a lot. He says, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Did you see that? Glory to God. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, right? And so again, he's energizing you. He's, he's activating you. How is he doing that? He's doing that by the operation of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same one, activating you and giving you the desire, energizing you, giving you the, the energy and the power and the desire to do what is right. Now, folks, without the Holy Spirit of God, you don't have that energy. I, I, let me, let, I'm not saying you, we, we don't have that energy, right? It is the Holy Spirit that gives us the, the longing to want to obey the Lord, right? That's why it's crazy to me how people are trying to be whatever, religious or whatever, without the activation or the energizing of the Holy Spirit because he is the one that is sent alongside to convict the world of sin and of judgment and of righteousness. He's the one that's sent alongside to strengthen and to inspire. He's the one that's sent to us to truly reveal Christ in us, okay? So all I'm saying tonight, as a, as a, as a, uh, just as a teacher as we do, I want to encourage you to realize, let God work in you the will and the desire of his good pleasure. But that means I have to choose the spirit, right? I have to choose the blessing. But in choosing the blessing, that means denying my own fleshly desires, right? Another word saying, my flesh like this, but I defer to God. Glory to God. I want to do whatever I do God's way, right? If, if, if God is telling me to forgive, I know they may have truly hurt you. They may have stole from you. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, glory to God. Amen. 
or, uh, you know, they may have gotten spiritual amnesia, right? You know, I don't know how many of you have experienced that. You bless people and help them, and then they get spiritual amnesia. They just, like, totally forget everything you've ever done, right? But what do you choose then? Do you choose to bless them, or do you choose the way of the flesh? So every time I choose the way of the spirit, this flesh dies. This carnal nature dies. My desires get stronger and stronger for the plan and purpose of God and less and less for the, for the, for the desires of the human nature, right? Now, remember this, and I'm done because we're already at 45 minutes. My God, this time went quick tonight. But uh, remember this, what he said. He said this, if, if any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. So you can't love the world and say you love God too. Some, you, whoever, whoever's in love with this world and in love with the flesh and all of that and just refuse to just refuse to uh, discipline our flesh and all of that stuff, you can't love them both. You can't love God and the world. <laughs> you got to love one or the other. You can't serve two masters. Nobody can. But sadly, even there are Christian people that are trying to do that. They, they want to hold to their way. Regardless of whatever God is saying, they say, well, I feel like, I feel like it should be such and such or thus and so or whatever have you. And they, instead of yielding to the Holy Ghost, they hold on to their way. But folks, when you and I do that, we are allowing the flesh. Remember, he said the, the mind of the flesh is death. To be carnally minded is death. We didn't really turn it tonight, but that's Romans 8. To be fleshly or carnally minded is death. Romans 8 and 6. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. So I pray that you grab something out of the teaching tonight. Uh, God is still working uh, and is still the working of the Holy Ghost uh, uh, on us and in us. So I, I listen, I'm going to pray tonight, but I'm telling you, some of you that are listening, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You have to get to that point where you make a choice, man. You got to choose life. You and, ch and choosing life is choosing obedience to the Spirit, right? You you can't say, "Well, I, I like, I, I want." No, no. You have to choose. You have to say, "Listen, I'm not going down that road of the flesh, right? I'm not going down that road of the carnal nature." And that's in every area of life. Glory to God. I'm going down the road of the Spirit. Amen. Uh, you know, living with honor, living with integrity, glory to God, living with, again, uprightness and uh, uh, living with uh, as a man or woman of valor, right? As a man and woman of excellence, where you're not trying to be underhanded in your dealings with people. Come on now. I'm talking about living like Christ uh, in the earth, right? Representing him and again, allowing this fleshly nature to die and to be crucified. So again, uh, we thank Well, praise the Lord. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast today. We encourage you to stay connected by subscribing to this podcast, as well as our weekly newsletter at www 
www.livingwordcorsicana.org. Also, we invite you to join our national video call on the Zoom app. Our personal room number is 931-432-8488. And the passcode is the number two. Listen, God bless you. Have a supernatural day. And we hope to contribute and communicate with you soon. Mm -hmm.